What are the new mortgage rule changes and how will they affect the market in Canada? Well, today's episode, I talked to Jamie Johnson, broker owner of Remax Condos Plus, to find out. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Jamie Johnson. Jamie is the broker of record, the owner of Remax Condos Plus, the brokerage that I am uh, part of. So, Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Andrew. And Jamie, you wrote a great article I was reading recently on the big changes that have happened um, in the mortgages, uh, uh, mortgage rules in Canada that everybody's talking about right now. So I'd let, I thought I'd get you on here to give your take on it. You always have an interesting take on things. And so why don't we start, Jamie, if you can just fill everybody in. There's really two main changes um, to the mortgage rules. Why don't you just let us know what are those two changes? Okay, certainly, Andrew. Um, yeah, the changes were announced on Monday by the Minister of Finance, and the first change related to uh, the principal residence exemption, and uh, they claim they're closing a tax loophole that non-residents won't be eligible for this principal residence exemption. Uh, background, Revenue Canada never defined a principal residence, and so non-residents just stepped up and claimed it. And my point to that was, how can a non-resident have a principal residence in Canada? It's impossible. But anyway, so they're now officially closing it and eliminating, which never should have existed in the first place. And basically, it's not going to have any impact on the market at all. The second change that happened was that um, people have to qualify for the posted rate on uh, on a mortgage they're going for. It used to be that uh, if you took a term of five years or longer, you had to qualify at that rate, or if you took a mortgage less than five years, you had to qualify at the posted rate. And that was only for uh, high-ratio mortgages. Now what the government is saying that um, you have to qualify at the posted rate regardless regardless of of whether uh, you take a five year mortgage or something shorter and secondly all mortgages that are insured through the government and CMHC both high ratio and now conventional mortgages have to be qualified under the posted rate as well Right, right. So, and what, as of time of this recording, like what's the difference between the posted rate and the actual rates that people are getting? Well, um, the posted rate right now is the average rate of what the posted rates of the big six banks are, and it's, I think, 4.54%. What you can get a five-year mortgage for today is, and you're more astute than I am in this, Andrew, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2.5%. So I, I think the example that the government used is that someone who has a down payment of $40,000, makes 100000 a year, uh, used to qualify for up to 665000 in mortgage, and now they'll only be able to qualify for $505,000. So it's... Uh, it's 
certainly lowering the price range about uh, what people can afford. Right. So you're seeing basically uh, anybody who's putting less than 20% down, which is uh, a lot of the first timers, especially they're looking at their purchasing power just been chopped by 20, 20 or so, 20, 25%. In terms of price? Absolutely. Certainly for first time buyers. But the other point I want to make is that uh, people who go for a conventional mortgage may also be impacted depending on where they go to get a mortgage. For example, uh, I know you're I know your people know what monoline lenders are. There are companies that just do mortgages. I guess the biggest one is uh, First National, but there's MCAP and others too. Um, they insure all their mortgages, whether they're high ratio or conventional. They've always done it. Uh, they don't charge the insurance rate back to buyers who are taking uh, conventional mortgages with them, but they were insuring them and they built that into their cost of funds. So all those people will have to qualify under the posted rate as well too. So um, as a backdrop, I, I've looked at how much, what's the mix of high ratio to conventional mortgages. So uh, high ratio mortgages in today's market is about 25 to 30% of the market. So conventionals are about 70 to 75% of the market. Okay. Some of the conventional mortgages are insured through the monoline lenders, and a small amount is insured with the banks, and the rest of the conventional mortgages aren't insured through the government. So, right. so um, it depends on where, where you go, whether you're going to be tested for the posted rate or the actual rate, because the government can't legislate stuff that they're not insuring. Right. So the non-bank lenders, the monoline lenders, which are um, the lenders that mortgage, you know, a lot of mortgage brokers will be using these lenders, as opposed to if you go to one of the big five banks, um, they are, uh, they're not liking these rules, are they? What, what, uh, what do you think the, do they, do they have any, does the, does the mortgage brokering, the monoline uh, industry have any recourse, do you think, to this? Is there anything that can be done? Um, they're well, probably I, very, very upset right now, I would imagine. With the changes? Well, I just think the lobby group for the banks is a little bit stronger than for the monoline lenders. And that usually happens when policy comes out of Ottawa. It's whoever can lobby the best gets the most favorable treatment. Right, right. Um, well, <laughs> um, what what do you think uh, in terms of implications? What do you think are the key? How is this going to play out in the market? What what do you think the key implications for are for real estate in Canada? Yeah. Well, I mean, the government's hoping because buyers can afford less that property prices will drop to uh, compensate these buyers, and the buyers will be able to buy the same properties as they always bought. And uh, I think that not only is a stretch, that won't happen. Um, the only time when uh, real estate prices really drop significantly is when uh, sellers have to sell at any price. Uh, you and I both know, Andrew, that uh, sellers list their property for sale. If they don't get their price, 
they just take it off the market. They don't just keep dropping their price until they sell it. So there's very few people that will be forced to sell. So I don't see I don't see property prices dropping at all. What I do see is that buyers, and particularly first-time buyers, are going to have to lower their sites in terms of what they can afford. What does that mean? Uh, I think more and more people are going to have to settle for condos, and I think they're going to start to be buying smaller and cheaper condos as well, especially the first-time buyers. So I think that's an important implication in the market. I think for the higher-priced properties, instead of hey, everything we're selling, as you well know, Andrew, in, in approximately 30 to 45 days, even for million-dollar-plus properties, I think owners now are going to have to be realistic and expect to take 90 days to sell those types of properties. So I, I see that as a big implication in the market. Uh, what are the good news? There is some good news <laughs> from these changes, and I think the good news really is for investors. One, there's going to be more and more people forced into renting and never buying, and that'll just increase the demand for rental properties, which will raise uh, rental rates. So uh, investors are like that. Uh, secondly, I think the demand for small units will only intensify, not only from renters, but from people that uh, who thought they were going to buy a five or $600,000 condo. Now they can only afford four hundred. So all these things are going to trickle down to, to the fact that I think lower-priced properties and particularly condos uh, will remain resilient and will become uh, increasingly popular. Do you find it kind of ironic that, um, you know, the government is, is trying to, I suppose, help people, but the people that this is going to hurt the most are the people at the low end of the market, as you mentioned, the, the first time buyers, the people who are just on the edge of being able to afford something. And now the government's essentially come along and said, you know, chop them down a, a couple of notches. And like you said, for some people, that means instead of buying a house, they're buying a condo, or instead of buying a two-bedroom condo, they're buying a one-bedroom condo, or instead of buying at all, they are going to continue to rent. Yeah. Um, so do you, how do you, what do you think about that? No, exactly. You're right on, Andrew. Um, here's what's happening. The, the government is addressing uh, rising prices, and the prices in Toronto are rising, especially for low-rise detached housing. At, at, I would say, bubble-like increases. Um, so what they've done is they've tried to address the problem of these rising prices on the demand side by eliminating buyers. The real solution, the governments don't seem to want to tackle that because it's a lot of hard work. It'll take a little longer. Is They need to solve the housing issue on the supply side. I mean, prices are a reflection of demand and supply in every market. And we just don't have enough supply. And you can look to all the screw-ups that governments have made over the years from the land belt policy, the green belt, which limited the supply of housing for low-rise housing. Um, they tried to in, in, have intensification in terms of condos. But if, if you look at the process of how long it takes to get zoning approval, what the development charges are, and everything else. Governments, again, 
done a great job of increasing the price of this type of housing and made the delays in delivering this type of housing so lengthy that they forced up the prices. So governments need to sit down and solve the supply issues. And the final thing they need to do on the supply side is they need to invest in uh, way more in public transportation than they have. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you think that these rules in terms of uh, we we're in Toronto, obviously we're most interested in Toronto. Um, do you think that these rules, these changes will affect the city, the core of the city versus the, the rest of the country differently? Like, do you think, I think that here in the city, we will feel it a lot less than, um, you know, we're not really thinking about it here in the city as much, but everybody else uh, in the rest of the country, um, smaller towns, smaller cities, especially the the sort of first-time buyers and that in, in those sorts of places that there's just a lot less capital, a lot less money flowing. Um, yeah, don't forget, incomes in these smaller communities are a lot less than they are in downtown Toronto yes. as well. I mean, you look at the type of businesses that are in downtown Toronto, whether it's banking, investment, law firms, accounting firms, high tech, all these types, the movie industry, all these types of industries are pretty highly paid. Uh, you get out in, in the small town Ontario or Canada and, you know, people are working at 20, 25, 30 bucks an hour, which is something uh, totally different. So I think it'll impact them as well too. Um, as I said, in Toronto, I would say for all markets, uh, my final point on that is that all markets hate uncertainty. We have uncertainty right now with these new changes because everybody, including myself and yourself, is trying to guess what the impact will be. We can only guess. We can logically work through it. But at the end of the day, it is a guess. And when these things happen, I'm sure buyers are thinking, wow, they're telling me prices are going to fall. So Let's wait and see if they do. So they aren't going to fall, but uh, there is going to be a definite pause in this market. And that's another opportunity uh, for, a lot of, for a lot of buyers with the pause. Uh, when they see most buyers withdraw from the market, uh, the buyers that hang in there are going to have a much better selection. Uh, and they certainly won't be in the multiple offer scenarios. So uh, the final thing I see is... Uh, is a pause in this market, and I'd have to say it's going to be uh, after the announcement date. It's going to be 30 to 90 days, where there'll be a definite slowdown. Uh, you know, you know, bureaucrats, SAC, our changes are working, and uh, and then the spring market will come next spring, <laughs> and we'll be back to normal. You know what? I guess my final point on that is uh, analyzing sales in Toronto. We're going to have about 150 to 120,000 sales on the Toronto Real Estate Board this year. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's some froth in those numbers. Uh, I've analyzed what sales to population should be over about 15 to 20 years. For the, for the size of our population today, we should be running about 100,000 sales a year, which would be sort of a normal market. So, you know, I first cut it forecasting for next year that's what i think we're going to experience about a hundred thousand sales uh next right. year right? right 
So, yeah, I think we'll have a slow start to the year. And I think back, uh, I think it was 2015. Remember how it was really, really cold, and we had a very slow start to that year. Yeah. And it turned out fine at the end. And I think that's what's going to happen in 2017. So there will definitely be a pause in the market while everybody tries to figure out what these changes mean. But I would say they, this change, certainly having to qualify at the posted rate, is a far bigger impact than any of the other changes that the government's come up with. Right, right. No doubt about that. Jamie, thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate your insights thank into you. this. Always, Andrew. I always love talking to you. Great. Thanks a lot, Jamie. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.